It's a special edition of our weekly listener mailbag, Twitter Thursday. Your fantastic questions coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times the amount of your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Trena. And as promised, we are doing a Twitter Thursday instead of a Twitter Tuesday. Um, pushed it back. And a good thing that I pushed it back because I got some really good questions from you guys. And again, I always get good questions from you guys and gals. You, you never let me down. And, um, you know, some really fantastic stuff. We have about 20 that I'm going to try and answer for you tonight and uh, hope you enjoy the program. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or for watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Let us get right into the batch of what we have. All right, we're going to kick it off with a question from James A., who asks, if you are Daniel Jones, why not test the market? Can other teams approach him now? If not, when? When it, If you are Washington, why not make a big offer? Etc. Etc. Okay. Um, James, thank you for the question. Daniel Jones is under contract with the Giants until um, I think it's 4:01 p.m. on March 15th. I think is when the new league year starts. So teams cannot approach him now. So if he does desire to test the market, basically he's going to have to turn down offers that the Giants make to him. And there will be offers that are made. So I don't know what his plan is, if he plans to test the market. I don't know if, um, you know, he wants to get his contract done as quickly as possible. But to answer your question, no, a, a team can't. Actually, let me take that back a little bit. A team can, there's a three-day window, I think, before the start of the new league year, which is March 15th, that teams can approach other free agents you know, on other teams, but right now, no, that that's not allowed. So thanks for the question. All right. Up next, Addison W. I think it's just Wilkinson. Hypothetically, if they sign Jones, Barkley and Lawrence release Galladay, what kind of cap space will they have to improve the roster through free agency? All right, Addison, thank you for the question. Um, unfortunately, that's not an easy one to answer because we don't know a, how much they're going to sign Jones and Barkley for, if they sign Barkley at all. We don't know if Galladay is going to be a pre-June first cut or a post-June first cut. That's going to influence the cap space. Um, this much, I will tell you. I will say this much. Um, usually the first year of a new contract is low. So that's because the player gets usually gets a big signing bonus. 
And that kind of compensates for the cat. There's a thing is cash in, cash out. So um, let's say Daniel Jones signs a three-year deal um, with a $3 million signing bonus. And I know that's low, but I'm going to keep the numbers simple here. He signs a three-year deal with a three, three, uh, actually let's make it 6 million. Let's, let's round it up a little bit. So that prorates to 2 million per year, but he's going to get the full 6 million in the first year of the deal, even though for accounting purposes, it's spread out 2 million, 2 million, 2 million over the life of the three-year contract. So because he's getting 6 million in cash up front, the Giants can say to him, okay, Daniel, we just gave you a check for $6 million just for signing your name on a contract. We're going to lower your base salary for the first year of the deal to the veteran minimum, whatever it is for, for a uh, sixth, fifth-year player. So that's why you see a lot of, uh, of times a, a new contract when it's signed. The first year is really low, the cap number, and then it jumps up. So that's how they can kind of, you know, work around that a little bit. So hope that answers your question. And uh, by the way, folks, um, it's going to be sometime next month. I'm still working out the date, uh, but I'm going to do a, a, a salary cap show for you guys to kind of clear up some of the misconceptions I think some of you guys have and try to explain what, you know, what goes into the cap, some of the vehicles and all that stuff. I just got to firm up the date, but I have an idea when it's going to be. So that's coming. Promise. All right. Next question is from, uh, let's see, from Sue M. If they don't sign Jones, who is the net, who is the quarterback next year? We can't afford draft picks for a quarterback. We picked 25th, so I don't see any other feasible options or am I missing something? Sue, you're missing Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> um, if Jones, for some reason, does not resign with the Giants, that's why they signed Tyrod Taylor to a two-year deal. And they structured Taylor's contract so that if he has to start next year, the contract kind of adjusts to, uh, to, to that of a starter as opposed to a backup. So, yeah, that's the option. And I might also add that I would not be shocked if the Giants spend one of their draft picks on a developmental quarterback. I mean, if Davis Webb retires and moves into coaching, you're going to need another quarterback on the practice squad anyway. You might as well get a young one that you can develop because, you know, you're not going to have Tyrod Taylor forever. So maybe you get one and you develop them on the practice squad and that's how you proceed. Stranger things have happened. So that's how I see that playing out. Um, all right. Next question comes from Sam Weber. If Shane and Dable have a bad offseason, let's say hypothetically the Giants finish 6-11 and 11 next year, <clears throat> excuse me, will either Shane or Dable find themselves out of a job? No. I, I don't see that happening. I really don't. I mean, the only way I could see Shane and Dable, Shane or Dable being out of a job is if they do something really, really bad, you know? Um, in Dable's case, he'd have to totally lose the locker room or, or just do something really stupid, you know, something, just make a mistake that, that would just warrant a firing. But no, if they go six and 11 next year, you know, look, you've got to look at the, the, the circumstances, you know, what happens if the injury bug doesn't get resolved and it wipes out a bunch of guys early in the season. And now you've got to scramble and play with, you know, quote unquote, practice squad players, you know, every story has, has a, has a, 
different set of circumstances. And that's what you've got to look at before you say, you know, oh God, they went six and 11, they went backwards. So yeah, that I don't see that happening. All right, next up, Nick uh, P. How can the Giants build around the current roster when its maximum upside is third best in the division? Nick, I'd like to know why you think the maximum upside is third best in the division. Do you mean currently right now because of how they finished? Um, Because I'll be honest with you, your question's not making a whole lot of sense to me. They did finish third in the division. um, But you know what? They've got a healthy cap situation. They've got nine picks in the draft, probably will bounce up to 11 once the comp picks are announced. If they can't rebuild, uh, or not rebuild, if they can't add to what they have right now, then, you know, Joe Shane's got to rethink what line of work he's in. So, uh, again, I'm not sure where this maximum third place in the the division comes from, unless you're talking about the standings. But uh, I'm not worried about it. I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable will know what they need, and they will figure out a way to fill as many of those holes as possible. So, all right, next up, Charles M-A-T. How do you overcome football depression? Hmm. Charles, honestly, I don't get too high or too low either way. Um, The Giants lose, yeah, it stinks. And yeah, you know, my Twitter account's not a, a great place to be because I have to play the role of a therapist for a lot of people who are, who are besides themselves. But um, my advice would be to take up a hobby. I mean, even I take up a hobby during the season sometimes when, when I've had, you know, when I need a break. So I, I draw, I play the guitar, I listen to music, um, spend time with the hubby, watch movies and stuff. So yeah, I mean, take up a hobby. That's the best, that's the best uh, response I can, I can give you my friend. Um, okay, next up, Chris Cawthell. Now that the season is over, what do they? What do the next few weeks look like for free agents like Jones and Barkley? Do they get away, take a few weeks to rest and heal, meet with their agents uh, to discuss value and next steps? Um, Chris, yes, yes to all of them. Um, everybody's different, so I'm sure. Daniel and, and Saquon and the, the other free agents are going to take a few days and rest up, you know, maybe a couple weeks, and then they're going to go right back to training, you know, because regardless of what happens in free agency, they all expect to be playing somewhere next year. So you can't sit sit back and say, oh, okay, I'm not going to be under contract for a while yet. So I'm going to just sit, sit on the couch and, you know, watch movies and get fat. You, you, you just don't do that. So yeah, I also think that, you know, they'll have conversations with their agents to set some parameters up as to what they're looking for. Maybe, you know, get some feedback from their agents as to what they, they discuss with Joe Shane um, during the bye week if they've had, you know, discussions. So, yeah, uh, you basically hit all the things that they would do um, over the next few weeks until the start of the um, the offseason program, where, wherever they end up being, that is. Um, okay, folks, we've got plenty, plenty more questions here on the special edition of Twitter Thursday. Your questions being answered. We're going to get to an, another batch right after this. 
Hey, Giant fans, the NFL playoffs are still here, even though the Giants are out of them. And we at the Locked On NFL Network are really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast, Twitter Thursday here, as I am attempting to answer your questions. And again, thank you to everybody who sent in questions, either via Twitter or via email. Some great questions. I'm Patricia Trainer, by the way. And uh, before I get to this next batch of questions, just real quick, tonight at 8 o'clock, Locked On Giants live, Trainer, Tana, dog, don't miss it going to be a, a, a nice therapy session. I think dog's going to probably need it. He's probably beside himself after what happened on, on Saturday night. I think we all are. So it's going to be good therapy. So if you're not doing any, doing anything, come on by. Um, then on Friday, Ed Valentine, a big blue view joins me. And we look back at the giants 2022 season and look ahead to some of the big pressing questions of 2023. Overall, we think that the future is pretty bright for the Giants, but we talk about it on, on the uh, Friday show. So hope you will join us uh, for those two shows. And then uh, next week, I've got a whole bunch of goodies uh, in store for you guys. So I can't wait to unroll all those out. We continue to go five days a week here on the Locked on Giants podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, by the way, and on YouTube. So hope you will tune in. And by the way, thank you so much, folks. Uh, we set record numbers for the month of January. And I really, really appreciate you guys for, for doing that. I mean, I could not believe the numbers for the month of January. And I know we still have a couple of days left. But uh, wow, thank you so much. Whether you listen to us on YouTube or on any of our audio platforms, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for your continued uh, listening and participation in the community. I feel like we have a little family here going, and this is really awesome. So, all right, let's get back to your questions on Twitter Thursday. Texas Wine Lover, what happens to the ping pong tournaments? I give up. What? I mean, <laughs> you're talking about in the locker room? I mean, uh, they, they get, you know, they pick them up next year, I guess. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a, a that that's a unusual question. Not sure where that came from, but um, yeah, I don't really pay attention to the ping pong tournaments. I'm too busy trying not to step on golf balls and ping pong balls and other sports apparatus that lay, you know, is lying around on the locker room that poses tripping hazards. So that's my concern, to be honest with you, as opposed to the ping pong tournaments. So, all right. Next question comes from NY Giants. Uh, B. Olivia, Olivia, no, B. Oliver, I'm sorry. 
with the Giants drafting at number 25 this year, I believe they will go for best player available. Have you done any deep dive yet into the draft to guess who falls in that area? Not yet, but I have started with free agency. Um, I am going to do a who stays, who goes free agency show probably at some point next week, I think. Draft stuff. We're just now starting to kick it off. Um, over in Giants country, we, we're going to have a couple of articles out on some prospects. We're going to start rolling out um, the draft profiles that Nick Filato does. And I think this year, Brandon Olson is also going to contribute some of that stuff because Brandon's really into the college scene. He He's he's our Locked on Gators um, podcast host. So he knows the college football scene really well. So I'm really excited about that. Um, give me, give me another couple weeks on the draft stuff. And then I can really go into that with you guys. Cause I'll start to learn the names, but I can do the free agency stuff for sure. Cause that I've, I've been doing basically the last several days. So, all right. Next up is Joseph G reading, not you other reporters to put the blame on, on the loss on Jones. What? Not the online blah, et cetera, et cetera. Comment. Joseph, um, I learned a long time ago that I should only comment about what I say and what I think and what I do. I do not make it a practice to publicly comment what other people say or do. I try not to at any rate. Um, in this case, I'm going to plead the fifth. If you want to know why other reporters are blaming Jones for the loss, I suggest you ask them because Nobody, you know, last I checked, nobody appointed me as the spokesperson as, as the, you know, for the rest of the media. So I, I don't mean to be flippant or sound flippant or anything like that, but I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. And uh, for what it's worth, um, I think everybody had a hand in the loss. Jones did not play his best game Saturday night. Um, the receivers did not play their best game. The defense did not play their best game. The whole team did not play their best game. So you cannot say, you, you can't exclude Jones from the loss because he had a hand in it. That's all I'll say about that. So thanks for the question. All right, Julian uh, H, <coughs> excuse me, uh, asks, why do you think that Mike Kafka will not get a head coaching job and be back with the Giants next season? Um, I want to say wishful thinking, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, listen, Kafka at some point is going to get a head coaching job. I, I believe that. But this has been his first year in charge of a, you know, as an offensive coordinator and a play caller. I I just wonder, you know, my, my feeling is, is why rush it? You know, let him, let him build up a little bit more with leading, you know, the offense. And he, he did a good job this year, but, you know, the improvement in the Giants offense, if you look at the numbers, it was slight in some areas and greater. I think the greatest leap they took was in the running game when they finished down in the 20s in 2021. And um, I believe they finished fourth this past season. So that was a big leap. Um, but yeah, I just, just a gut feeling I have. Now, I know Kafka's had two interviews with the Texans, but um, yeah, I... I just have that feeling that that he's going to be back. Me again, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I I would be surprised if this year he gets a head coaching job. And if he does, good for him. He deserved it. He's worked hard, and uh, you know if he if he goes, then I wish him well. So, 
All right, next up, Ruben Martinez. How much time do you need to, to start discussing free agency and or the draft? Um, Ruben, I can actually discuss free agency now. <laughs> so next time we do a mailbag, um, and the next mailbag, by the way, would be um, Giants Country on, on Saturday morning. I can talk about that. And as I mentioned before, I'm planning to do a free agency who stays, who goes show. Um, I think at some point next week, I've got to see how the schedule lines up because I may have some interviews that I want to push out before I get to that. So, um, yeah, as far as free agency, I could discuss that now with you. As far as the Giants free agents go, um, as far as other teams free agents, that I'm still kind of brushing up on. And, you know, like Joe Shane said, you might see different free agents available than what you're anticipating. You know, guys that you think you're going to have a, have a shot at, maybe resign with their own team. So um, I'm not there yet at that point, but I will be in the next, you know, week or so. As far as the draft, like I said before, um, next month, which is almost here, uh, we're going to start really getting into that. So that's coming. Um, I'm not doing a mock draft probably until... I want to say maybe mid-February I might do my first mock draft. And uh, at that point, hopefully I should have, uh, you know, enough of a working knowledge to be able to discuss all that stuff with you guys. So, um, you know, just patience on that. So, All right. Next up, Douglas S. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the interior O-line. Can Gates get back to pre-injury form? Is Feliciano likely to to walk? Will Azudu or McKeithen be ready to start, or is that too much to hope for? Um, Douglas, I do believe Nick Gates will get back to his pre-injury form. I mean, that guy, I had him on the show yesterday. Um, I don't know if you, you listened to that interview, but Nick Gates, he, that guy's, you know, he's, he's just a warrior, and he is so conscientious about the product he puts out on the field. And how he represents the name on his back and on the, the uh, NY on the helmet. So I do believe Nick Gates will get himself back to where he needs to be with, with continued hard work and training. Um, regarding the two rookies, I don't, I mean, the Giants are optimistic. They'll have everybody at some point for training camp. But that's, you're still talking a lot of months yet. So it's still, I think, a little too early to say who's going to be able to do what. Uh, but that is certainly the hope. Um, and as far as Feliciano, I have a feeling he's going to be back. What I think the Giants might want to do is sign um, Feliciano to play center. I don't know that Nick Gates will be back as a Giant. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know that they're going to be I don't think they're going to bring back Gates and Feliciano. Let's put it that way. Um, and if you listen to the interview that I did with Gates yesterday, we talked about that a little bit. And you'll see why I'm I'm hedging on why I'm saying that Gates may not be back. Um, but anyway, I think what the Giants will do is re-sign Feliciano and look to draft the center, which to me would make sense because, you know, let Feliciano continue as the center for the next year. All right. Meanwhile, get the rookie ready to take over full time. That's how I would do it if I were the Giants. You know, they did that a few years ago when they drafted Weston Richburg. That was the plan. But of course, they had injuries and Richburg got pressed into action as guard. But 
that's usually how you look to do things, um, you know, especially if you have a, a complex offense or whatnot. Now, there's no reason that, you know, if they get a, a center, a good center in the first or, or second round, maybe the guy steps in right away. I don't know. But um, I think that's the plan they want to pursue. So thanks for the question. All right. Um, all right. Just answered that one. So let's see. The next one is from Adam Zenzer. How would you rate the importance in the following needs of the Giants this offseason? Middle linebacker, cornerback, wide receiver one, interior O-line. Adam, I would say they're all important. Um, as far as how I think they'll fill it, uh, gosh, I think you've got to, you've got to address the O-line, make sure that's beefed up. Cornerback, I mean, we, we saw struggles with, with, with the, with the cornerbacks once the injuries kicked in. So that has to be addressed. Receiver one, I know Shane said that, you know, he downplayed, you know, a wide, a wide receiver one, but it's a priority. Trust me. Uh, one position that I don't think you mentioned on your list was defensive line. I think that's a big priority because we saw what happened um, against Philly when Dexter Lawrence got a blow and Justin Ellis went in there and it wasn't pretty. Uh, Leonard Williams has had injuries all year long and he wasn't effective. And, you know, he was basically pressed into to playing probably more than he should have. So I think they need depth on that defensive line as well. So all the positions, in my opinion, are, are priorities. So I think you hit on all of them. Um, now, how much they'll be able to fill, that remains to be seen. Whether What positions will they fill via the draft versus free agency also remains to be seen. So uh, in the coming weeks, I'll see if I can kind of put together a plan how I would approach it, but um, we still got a ways to go yet before we get to that point. Probably, you know, towards mid-February, towards the end of February, that's when things start to shape up because then you got teams that start making salary cap cuts and you know, now all of a sudden you've got free agents available that you didn't think were going to be available. So all that will, will play out soon enough. So, all right, Giant fans, we have Still more to come here on this Twitter Thursday, I almost said Twitter Tuesday, Twitter Thursday edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the rest of your questions. Hey, Giant fans, playing daily fantasy based on player projections has never been easier when you visit pricepicks.com. Pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less than their price picks projection, you will win up to 25 times the amount of your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada, and they offer projections on every sport. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and Prize Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Price Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget to enter that promo code LOCKEDON at sign up. Hey, Giant fans, in case you didn't know, I'm on social media. You probably know that I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. But 
I'm also on Instagram. You can check me out at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. And the Locked on Giants podcast also has its a brand new Instagram account that's Locked on Giants at Locked on Giants. We're posting pictures, quotes, stats, news bits, video clips, audio clips, all kinds of cool things. You'll want to check that out. Give us a like and a follow, not just here on the YouTube page, but also follow us on Instagram. Again, the Locked on Giants account is at Locked on Giants. And my overall football account that I use is at Patty, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. Please give me a follow. And thank you so much for your support of the Locked on Giants podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trena. We've got a Twitter Thursday going on right now. And we have roughly five more questions, six more questions left. Some from Twitter, some submitted via email. And don't forget, if you're watching this program, and you have a question, or maybe you're, you sent in a question and it didn't appear on the show, probably because I got it after I taped. So you could always send me the question if you want for the next mailbag. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a Twitter Tuesday next week because I do have a bunch of programming um, that I think, you know, we might be able to go to like a Twitter mailbag every other week, but I am going to do a Giants Country mailbag. So you can, if you want, send me a, a question for Giants Country and that drops on Saturday. So, you know, if you don't be shy, if you have a question, send it in. And like I said, if your question didn't get answered on this show, it's because I got it after the fact. So, all right, getting back to these last few questions. Joseph G is back and he writes, you know, a lot about the cap in general, how can a team with so with so much talented vets that must be making a lot like the Eagles go out and sign a Bradbury, Sue, et cetera, while the Giants couldn't sign their best cornerback, tight end, et cetera. Is it plain mismanagement? What's your take? Um, Joe, it is mismanagement. Basically what the Giants had to do because of their free agent spending spree was they had to restructure a bunch of contracts and push more money down the line. And anytime you kick the can down the line, you're hurting your cap. I don't think the Eagles did that to the degree that the Giants did. All right. So the Giants basically, you know, when they started cutting guys, dead money piled up. That was another factor. Um, the Eagles, now I haven't studied their cap in detail, but I do know they, they put in incentives into the contracts. They, they put different vehicles in there that can kick some money into the following year's cap, you know, the not likely to be earned uh, incentives. Um, and they get cap credits. So, for example, if a guy, you know, an example of a, a cap credit, um, you sign James Bradbury. And if James Bradbury uh, has a roster bonus, a per game roster bonus of $37,500, and he only plays half of the games, you get a credit at the end of the year. So that's some that those are some of the ways that you can kind of massage the cap a little bit. But the bottom line is this, what the Giants did in 2021 with signing all those free agents, that's not the way to go. It's just not. You end up overspending and then if the free agents don't work out, 
you're stuck with dead money. And that's basically what happened. Mismanagement, very bad mismanagement. And back then, I don't know if you were watching the program, Joe, but I know I wrote it. I know I said it on the show that I would, that the Giants were going to be in cap hell in 2022. And sure enough, they were. So that's basically what happened. All right. So thanks for the question. Um, All right. Now let's get to the email questions. Mike M wants to know, my question relates to Daniel Jones. He made a believer out of me, but I was wondering, he seems to look like a different quarterback when he plays good defenses. I feel the only real good defenses we faced this season were Dallas and Philly, and he was not great in either of those games. Do you think we have a tale of two quarterbacks here? Oh, very good question, Mike. Very interesting question. Um, I think, again, it's the Giants just got beat on both sides of the ball in those games. You know, I don't want to say specifically it was all on Daniel. I see your point because, you know, a good quarterback, you would think, can rise above it. Um, I, I think some of the problems also with Daniel is, is that uh, he was limited. You know, I, I often compare this year to like a, almost like a four-year course, you know, like this was level one and he got through level one. Okay. But he didn't really do a lot of advanced stuff in level two, level three, level four, the advanced stuff being, you know, maybe looking at second reads or maybe, um, you know, dropping back in the pocket and making plays from the pocket and that sort of thing. So that's like the next steps for him deep down the field. That, that was another thing that they, they didn't do too often. Um, look, football's a team sport and you know, you're right. The defenses of Dallas and Philly, they're, they're monsters. No question about it. But um, I, I think in time, Daniel's going to be fine. If he stays with the giants, which I believe he will, he will be fine. I think if Joe Shane upgrades the roster, which I know he will, things will be a lot better than what we saw, you know, this year in those games. So that's my take. Thanks for the question. All right. Up next, um, Andrew G wants to know, do you think Jones's play against the Eagles will give Shane second thoughts about re-signing him? And do you want to try to re-sign Slayton or let him walk? Andrew, no on the first question. I don't think the Giants are going to have second thoughts about re-signing Daniel Jones. I mean, Shane said that in his presser on Monday. Um, I don't think he was just saying that to be polite. As for Darius Slayton, my gut feeling is he walks. Yeah. Um, look, you know, we all spoke about, uh, and when I say we, the media, the fans, I think a lot of us complained about the receivers and how the Giants need a number one receiver. Darius Slayton is a is, is an absolute pro. Um, worked his tail off. Is he a number one receiver? No. Do they need a number one receiver? Mm-hmm. Big time. So as much as maybe, you know, you're sentimental and you might want to have Darius Slayton back and Again, he was an ultimate professional. Just you couldn't have asked for a better guy in your locker room. But I think they move on. And also, you know, listen, if you're Slayton, why wouldn't you want to go out there and test the market? The wide receiver free agency market is not very good this year. Slayton could probably get himself a nice payday, a better payday than what he would get at the Giants. So I fully expect him to test the market and get 
a nice payday that he just will not get here. So thanks for your question. Uh, Alex C wants to know if Barkley walks, would the Giants receive a comp pick? And if so, what would it be? Alex, it depends. Um, the comp pick formula is kind of complex, but basically how it works is that the Giants would have to sign more players. I'm sorry, they would have to lose more players than they sign in free agency. And then there's factors like contracts, play time. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's other factors. Over the Cap has an article on how it works, uh, which I recommend you check out. So there's no guarantee that the Giants will get a comp pick if they if Barkley walks, because it depends on what they do in free agency. Um, you know, they didn't get a comp pick when Evan Ingram walked last year um, because it canceled out. So it is feasible for, you know, if Barkley were to walk and the Giants were to make a big signing, that could cancel each other. The two moves could cancel each other out. So no, you can't bank on on the Giants getting a, a compact. So, all right. Next question comes. Actually, we have several here from G Man in Florida. Have you heard anything in general concerning the health of the rookies? What is their expected time to return? And uh, my the team will get even younger this year with all the multiple lower and draft selections in each round. My concern is this will slow down. Uh, the potential for another winning season for the sake of needed needed roster development. Okay, just a hint, guys. When you have multiple questions like that, it's probably better to send them in individual emails because I can only remember so many unless I put them down, and I didn't this time. But all right. Um, the rookies, the injured rookies, to be determined. Again, the op there is optimism that they'll be ready to go some sooner than later. Um, you know, really depends on when the injuries happen. So, you know, Wandale Robinson, I think, was was one of the last rookies to get injured with a season-ending injury. His his rehab, um, you might not see him until su the summer, and he might start off on pup for all we know. Whereas the Darian Beavers, who was injured in preseason last year, he should be ready to rock and roll. Um, regarding your concern about the team getting younger and that's setting back the development. I would not worry about it. I mean, you saw how this coaching staff took guys in off the street and got the most out of them. I'm not worried about, you know, new young players coming in. I think they're going to have a good mix of young and old. And I'm not worried about the development getting set back. Not at all. So, all right. One more question on this Twitter Thursday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chris A. asks, Jason LaConfora has been writing about the high number of OC positions available. He wrote that there are currently nine openings and there will be more after head coaches get hired. LaConfora believes this is an all-time high. Could the Giants lose any of their current coaches in this scramble or could one of their coaches become a DC? I think you meant OC there, Chris. Could one of their coaches become an, an OC somewhere? Could the Giants lose a coach in a scramble? It's possible. Um, the assistant coaches, I believe, get two-year deals. So, you know, I think it would depend on what happens with Kafka and maybe Martindale. Now, if I'm the Giants, I I would reward and extend Kafka and, and Martindale. You know, I, I would give them contract extensions. And I would, 
give them pay raises. And I do think that's possibly the direction that they're going to go in to keep those guys around if they can. Um, if Kafka does go, uh, for example, takes on a head coaching job, could he maybe bring, I don't know, Shea Tierney with him as an offensive coordinator? Sure, he could do that. Um, you'd have to really look, I guess, into the to each coach's background and see, you know, who are some of the guys that, that, that he's worked with before that could potentially fill that role. So um, uh, on the Giants, you know, may, maybe Kafka, you know, would Davis Webb get, you know, if he retires, would he get like a sort of a, a you know, an honorary offensive coordinator role? And when I say honorary, I mean, you know, kind of like, remember how when Pat Shermer was here, he called the plays and he had an offensive coordinator who was, you know, involved in the game planning, but didn't really call the plays. That's what I kind of mean when I say honorary. So is it possible? Yes. Do I see it happening with the Giants? Probably not. So, all right. That is the last of our questions on Twitter Thursday. Hope you enjoyed the program. And uh, again, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. They were fantastic. Tomorrow, we will have Ed Valentine, a big blue view on the show. So that will be um, a, a look back at 2022, a look ahead at 2023. And then for those of you who are watching the show on Thursday, tonight at 8 o'clock, Locked on Giants Live. Be there or be square. Do they still say that nowadays? I don't know. I know I say that a lot. But then again, I might be giving up my age. I don't know. But anyway, hope to see you on Locked on Giants Live. I'll have Tana and Dog with me. And uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, hopefully we'll keep the energy up. Uh, no playoffs to discuss, but plenty of other stuff to discuss. So hope we will see you there. All right, Giant fans, thank you so much again for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. Make us your first listen or watch of the day. We will see you again either tonight or if not tonight, tomorrow. And if not tomorrow, on another show. Take care, everybody. <laughs>